Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We need to thank the following amazing people for going to our Patreon account and supporting this show. So a huge thank you to John Helter, Jack Connolly, Derek Haynes, Alex Kazanis, Jarmaine Myrick, Carson Clark, Allison Keene, Dr. Jason Woods, the wonderful Melanie Harker, the incomparable Sean Paul Ellis. Oh, and the phenomenal David Trumbor. Uh, thank you so much. Now, you guys might wonder why we are thanking ourselves and some familiar names of the podcast. It's because we want you to know that we not only appreciate your uh, donations to the podcast here, but we are actually putting in our hard-earned dollars as well. So to give you guys an idea of what you can actually get for some of these monthly contributions through Patreon, if you can't contribute any money whatsoever, we would love it if you guys would just visit patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, remember that's morning with a U, and just share that link out among your social media uh, pages. That would help us out a lot and just get the word out there. If you do want to kick in a couple of bucks, you get some cool stuff back in return. So you may not know that we send out a monthly newsletter that not only tells people about upcoming news that we have going on, and we've definitely got some cool stuff coming in the next couple of months here for you. But we'll also announce the upcoming list of shows that we're going to be covering. So if there's a cartoon out there that you actually like, you're going to get to hear about it in the monthly newsletter. Other than that, you also get special uh, thank yous in the newsletter. You get a special shout out like this one right here in each and every episode. You can get early access to weekly episodes, and you can also get access to our special behind-the-scenes rambling between Sean and myself. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some gems in there, so you're going to want to check that out. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash Cartoons to do so, and thank you so much to everyone who is a current patron. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you so much for listening, and now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Jupiter 42, I'll be your chode host, Dave Trumbor. <laughs> Joining me as always, the newest Apple sex bot, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I am excited Are to you? have the new model. On our show tonight. Oh, uh, you're creeping me out already. We are, mm. we are probably 30 seconds into this show, and I'm already goosebumps. Ooh, the goosebumps. Just cringing. And you can find goosebumps on the newest model of Apple sex bot, uh, Sean Paul you, Ellis style. It's just, it just the bot reads goosebumps, R.L. Stein goosebumps to you. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> the weird thing was when Sean uh, arrived in his crate, I opened it up and just all these goosebumps books filled out. But uh, we spent, you know, a couple evenings together reading it. It's been a real delight. I've really gotten to know him a lot better. And I think our pair bonding is much stronger because of it. Oh, boy. Why, why are we still trying to propagate this, this rumor that I am a sex bot? I mean, you say rumor. I say I have a receipt. It's, it's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> this is creepy, but I'm enjoying it. And that is the theme of tonight's show, because we're getting into yet another a creepy Canadian cartoon. I don't even know how to describe this one because it's kind of, it's definitely got a creep factor to it. It's, it's funnier than some of the stuff we've watched, but it also really pushes a lot of the wrong buttons too. Oh yeah. Um, so let's get into this one tonight. What are we talking about and what is the history of this show? Guys, we are talking about Tripping the Rift. If you are not familiar with Tripping the Rift is a Canadian adult CGI science fiction comedy television series that's based on two short animations published on the internet by Chris Moeller and Chuck Austin. 
the series was produced by Cinegroup in association with the Sci-Fi Channel. It aired on Canadian Specialty Channel Space in 2004. Canada's Cartoon Network, Teletoon, has been airing the series since August 2006. The third season aired on Teletoon in 2007, and a feature-length movie version was released on DVD in 2008. This one kind of fits... It makes sense that it pops up in like the mid-2000s, because it definitely had to come after some series that came ahead of it, so like South Park, Simpsons, sure. definitely Family Guy and things like that. I, it's weird that I don't remember this one, because there was kind of a joint Canadian and then I think American distribution for a while. I think there's something that like Sci-Fi Channel, they weren't outfitted at the time for like any comedy programming, especially a mature rated comedy programming. So they didn't really have the space for it, and I don't think they ordered any additional episodes. But Canada was like, hey, we're totally fine with it up here. Everything's cool. So they ordered a few more episodes, and that's why they got more up there, and we are counting it as a Canadian cartoon. I mean, it would also stand uh, for a reason that Chris Muller had worked on King of the Hill right, uh, for a while, and so this is like when he paired up with Chuck Austin, they were just like, yeah, let's make a pervy, funny science fiction show and this is the baby that we got that we <laughs> that we'd like to get rid of oh boy well, no i don't mean about... like i mean we just don't want to just ah, man one. i'm not winning on this episode mm. have we been have hold on if i'm not winning have we been competing we got to get your software patch updated yeah, jesus no have <laughs> we been have we has this been a competition 171 episodes has this just been a straight competition of who's actually winning this show? I mean, I've been keeping score since day one. I don't know about you, but that seems like a point in my favor. I mean, it is, because if that's the case, I'm clearly losing right now. Fuck. I think everyone loses this month with <laughs> Canadian cartoons. Damn it, uh, Canada. Let's, let's, let's talk about Tripping the Rift and what this show is actually about, because guess what? Spoiler alert, we're not going to get into any of this plot in the episodes that we watched not tonight. A, not a single bit of it. All right, so the universe of the show is modeled largely after the Star Trek universe and includes elements borrowed from other sci-fi shows such as Star Wars, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Battlestar Galactica, Lost in Space, and even some of the Douglas Adams stories. Uh, in this show, known space is politically divided between two superpowers, the Confederation, led by humans and a parody of the Federation from Star Trek, and the Dark Clown Empire, a parody of the Galactic Empire from Star Wars. I'm glad to know that the Juggalos are alive and well in space. It's good to know. They're on our side this time. Oh. So praise be Juggalos. Cool. Just sip on your Faygo. Uh, so the Dark Clown Empire is led by the evil Darf, Darf Bobo. That's Darf with a PH, by the way. Oh boy. Uh, ultimately, both superpowers end up exploiting and restricting their inhabitants, albeit in different ways. The only place that anyone can truly be free is in the border region between the two superpowers known as the Rift, which is directly controlled by neither. Existing within this region and avoiding detection is known as, say it with me now, Tripping the, the Rift. Rift. Yeah. The series follows a group of outlaws led by Chode aboard the spaceship Jupiter-42, taking odd jobs and usually pursuing various get-rich-quick schemes while tripping the Rift. So, all that political intrigue sounds kind of fun. It's, it's an interesting setup. And existing in this, like, border region... Sounds like an interesting, it, it's sort of like Firefly or Serenity, right? Sure. These guys exist on kind of like the outer rim planets or whatever the right. lingo was for that. And they're outlaws. They do the, the Han Solo type smuggling deals and they run stuff back and forth and try to avoid detection from any other enemies or law enforcement. 
we don't get any of that in the two episodes that we watched tonight. <laughs> um, we watched, as we usually do, we watched the first episode uh, titled God is Our Pilot. And we watched the highest rated episode on IMDb, which was, uh, what was it, season two, episode two, titled You Want to Put That Where? Uh, so, yeah. So mm. you have an idea of what this show is supposed to be about, but what we saw were just kind of like capers. And we'll get to that in a second. Before we get to the theme song tonight, did this ever come across your radar at all in the mid-2000s? I feel like maybe it did. I, I, feel like, I feel like this was like weird. If we were to go online and search Rule 34 for just probably anything, I yep. feel like this kind of weird CGI perversion would probably inevitably pop up in our browser. Yep. So I feel like that's the only reason that I know that this exists is just because of probably searching for weird crap on the internet. It just always pops it up. It just always seems to pop up. This is... It really does seem like, like you can call it tripping the rift or you can just call it like weird images I found on the internet. And it kind of, <laughs> either one works. You could really just call it, please clear my browser history when I'm done with this. Yeah, definitely set that to yeah. auto clear when I close the window. But it's, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to like animation style and characters because each of them has a specific offensive aspect to their nature i guess yeah no, some more than accurate. others but yeah yeah uh all right for me it was kind of the same it's like i recognize these characters but probably like shied away from it at least publicly um <laughs> i don't think i ever watched it i really don't think i did yeah I, it looks I'll, I'll save that for animation style all right let's hop into the theme song how did you react to first hearing this theme song um it was it kind of wanted to come in in sort of that like kind of spacey kind of trumpeting way of just like yep. you're going on a, a space sci-fi expedition and that comes across in the music but then you are you are very quickly reminded of just how perverted this show actually is because then there is a and i, I wrote this like in sequence of like slow pan to boobs yep. star trek reference yep. star wars reference yep. 2001 a space odyssey obelisk Yep. Followed by a total recall mention with a creature with three boobs. Mm. And then I guess at some point they, every episode sort of in the, the similar fashion to let's say. Um, like a Simpsons couch gag. Yeah, exactly. Simpsons couch yeah. gag or Futurama spaceship gag. Yep. That there's a, there's some type of comment or thing that is said by the spaceship. And for this, uh, for this one, uh, for the pilot episode, we got, we're past the point of no return. Now, was that the spaceship or was that the guys, was that like Darth Bobo on the, no, nah, I guess you're right. It was the spaceship. It just happens around the same time that they show all the evil clowns right, on, right. The, on the view screen. Yeah. So I think it's the, I think, is it Bob? Yeah, yeah Bob's spaceship the name of the Bob, spaceship. Yeah. Who, who, who makes these comments. And then just as quickly as this, this happens, because it's only about 29 seconds yeah, it's short. in length. It's very, very short. And then it's done. And then you are, you are completely finished. Nice, I think. Um, as far I'm just gonna leave that one. There. <laughs> no, I'm not. As winning as, as far as the music though, yeah, it's that kind of like space expedition adventure fanfare, but it doesn't stick with you. Like I can't separate it in my head from any other kind of. It blends in with like reboot and Star Trek, not even Star Trek, like Star Trek knockoffs. Sure. So it like blends in with like whatever the Galaxy Quest theme was, or whatever the. I don't even know. Pick another Lost in Space. You know, it's like I can't separate any of those out in my head, but I specifically can't even like recall anything from this one. Yeah. Um, If you put a gun to my head and said, sing this, hum this theme song or you're over, 
We're Oof. dead. Yeah, I'd be dead. This, We're dead. this would not be good. It's especially it's, if it was a space gun. Space, yeah, right. We definitely had a bunch of headshots that were in some of these episodes tonight. Yeah, they come out of nowhere too. Yeah, and, uh, they caught me off guard, and I was like, "All right, I'm here for it." I wasn't expecting it, but it was okay. Oof. It's a thing you did. Okay. Um, yeah. As far as the th- the song, forgettable. Can't remember it at all. But I like the fact that they like sneak those references in, and they're pretty obvious. I mean, there's like the the there's a toy going around that's the shape of the Enterprise. It looks like the Inter- the USS Enterprise. There's what looks like C-3PO and R2-D2 standing in like a closet or an elevator. And it just turns out it's, a, it's this gold robot <clears throat> that doesn't really look anything like C-3PO. And he's vacuuming. So right. R2-D2 is the vacuum. Cute kind of funny things like that. The first time you see it, it's like, ah, oh, that's great. And the more you see it over time, it's just kind of like, okay, Oof. fine. We got it. Like yeah. all you're looking for at that point is that little, the little opening gag that Bob says each time, but right. it was fine. It, it definitely got the tone across. It got the style of animation that you're going to see across. It showed the characters if it did not introduce them. So that was fine. We didn't get a roll call, but it's like, okay, we got a lot of boobs and then weird looking aliens. Oh, you mean you didn't, you didn't get a, you didn't get a sense of, of really the, the type of a captain and character that Chode McBlob was? Chode McBlob. You want to get into the characters uh, yeah. now? As he's, as he's scamming up and down a, a sex slave android who is named Six because it is one vowel away from the word sex. Nailed it. It's also uh, Six of One or Six of Nine. Yes. A knockoff of uh, Seven of Nine from what was it? Was that, uh, that was Star Deep Trek. Space Nine? Yeah, was that Deep Space Nine? Uh, I thought it was Voyager. Maybe it was Voyager. I can't remember. Yeah, it's Voyager. Jerry Ryan. Got it. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, all right. I'm fine with these parodies. I'm okay with a lot of the stuff that they get away with, even just from like the character design. It's very, very strange to look at. So Chode McBlob, if you know what the word Chode means, that he basically just kind of looks like that. He looks like a Chode had a baby with a blob. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry, Dave. What does Chode mean? It's a tiny little penis. (laughs) So so tiny. Uh, He basically looks like a little like mushroom toadstool with some tentacles coming out. And he's purple and kind of, I think he's got like green splotches on him. Yeah, green and like maybe a red splotch like on his butt. Yeah, when it's inflamed. Uh, yeah, it, it, definitely Captain Material. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. What's interesting is that he's like romantically, I don't know if I want to use the word romantically on this show, sexually involved with Six, who's a cyborg designed as a sex slave. So, obviously, <laughs> I guess, they're going to have a sexual relationship. What's interesting is, I guess, later on, and we didn't get to see this, she has sort of like an implant or a, a rewrite in her program that okay. gives her quote unquote decency. So it adds some kind of like conflict and tension to that relationship rather than just have her be like a sex crazed robot the okay. entire time. All right. But we didn't get to see that. So we won't be talking about that tonight. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's weird to think that Gina Gershon uh, voiced this character, then Carmen Electra, and then Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. It kind of fits. Yeah. I mean, I, definitely, I, I mean, yeah. it, you know, if you're looking for. I'm not saying, I don't know that it would fit, but I mean, like, if you were looking for no, somebody 100% who, fits. who kind of has, like, sultry, like, voice yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like, maybe, you know, that, that makes sense. Yeah, a sultry voice, and then actresses who were known kind of for their sex appeal Yeah. at the time or, or throughout their careers. It makes sense when you cast them for this character. 100%. I, now, you, you could have gone with a complete unknown and somebody that just had, like, a, a you know, sex phone operator voice, and they decided to go with uh, the knowns, I guess, for sex. Right. I feel like I feel like for this show, even before, like as we begin to talk about the rest of the characters and and beyond, yeah, 
like I feel like I almost have to be sensitive about some of the the topics and the things that they bring up because in a similar fashion, you know, that we were saying like somebody with this like particular sex appeal, like right. this show really goes balls to the wall in terms of of trying to be overtly sexual yeah. and graphic in nature and it for me almost to like a disturbing unnecessary point but i guess ultimately as we begin this discussion and this character or character descriptions understand that the same principles that we had last week for crash canyon still apply if you're going to write jokes like this you need to be funny right like you need to actually have humor in here and and for me i'll say this up front there's a lot of it that misses. This was this was a swing and a miss nine times out of ten for me. A lot of it, a lot of it misses. I don't think it whiffs quite as bad as Crash Canyon. Um, I did laugh quite a few times in this show, but there were definitely a lot of times where I was just kind of like, all right, like if I was ten years younger, fifteen years younger, twenty years younger, then maybe I would have been like laughing a little bit more at stuff because it was like, ooh, it's risque and it's taboo and it's I've never heard it before. But even now, it's kind of like, I've heard this stuff. I, I laughed in the past, and I'm not really laughing now. But there's some stuff, like the way that they handle it, and they keep the pacing of the show keeps it going fairly well. Crash Canyon would like literally just sit and stew in a stinker of a joke and just wait, just <laughs> wait until you died or laughed. That show, and this show, that show almost moves. dared you to change the channel. Crash Canyon yeah. was like, we bet you will not flip Ever off teletoon <laughs> yeah. you'll stick on teletoon for the rest of this show you bet like, you're too lazy to reach for that remote no guess what scumbag i'm not i will yeah. change i will throw I the will tv buy out a new window. tv yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but this show at least like the pacing they've they've learned or they knew that the pacing of it is enough so that it doesn't really sit in a joke too long uh, and if it does it's usually to either let something sink in or uh it's just a misstep because they usually the more offensive a joke they usually kind of scoot out of it fairly quickly to go on to the next thing. So it doesn't really leave you to sit there too long and think about it. That's definitely not the case for all of them. Some of the worst offenses probably linger far too long and are very uncomfortable, yep. and that's probably by design. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, who else on this crew pops out at you? Uh, we got a... Literally well, or of, otherwise. Yeah, speaking of popping out, we got, a, we got our lizard friend. We got Whip. We got that Whip. Got that Whip. Who I, I could have sworn was voiced by Billy West. Uh, oh, until no. I looked up the the, uh, it sounded like um, what's his name? I'm not sure. It was a like, uh, Rick Jones who did the voice for this. Yeah, it sounded like Fry. It sounded like oh, Fry. Oh, okay, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. He we didn't get to see too much from him uh, in these episodes because he just kind of like just kind of hangs out you, at the you, ship. You get to see. <laughs> he doesn't the, go yeah. anywhere. Well, I mean, they you know, they, I mean, we could talk about this, but we have a lot of one word descriptions that we start with the yes. the show, and he gets pegged with the word slacker. Right. Which really seems to fit exactly the type of person that he is. So he's always, yeah, feet kicked up and just kind of laying back in the chair. And yeah. I think he's their, he's maybe their comms or their navigator. I think he's their navigator. Yeah, because early on in the the first episode, he's kind of like, hey, you never, you ever notice how we like just keep passing the same stars over and over again? He's like, no, you've got the screensaver on. So yeah. they just like, zoop, just like scoop that out of the screen. He's like, oh, it's much better. So he's also kind of dim. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that was, that was a kind of funny gag to just show that he's the navigator, but he's not very good. Most of these people are not very good at the jobs that they have. That's a theme that kind of runs throughout. So who else is poor at their jobs? Since we're doing, um, we're doing our, annual, uh, our annual job assessment that we have for Trip in the Rift. I'm going to say I don't know what Tanuk's 
job actually is. I get her name is Tanuk Leor, which if you read it backwards is something you'll probably get detention for if you were in school. So Tanuk's a uh, she's she's I don't know man what kind of creature she is. Well, she's, she's uh, usually in a foul mood. Yeah. Well, she uh, four legs, so she's a quadruped. Yeah, it's kind of she's got like a centaur thing going on. Yeah, but like a three-breasted centaur with kind of like I don't know. She's just as alien as you can possibly be. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Well, it turns out she is the uh, she is the cook and she's the pilot of the ship. Yeah, makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. What's weird is like the the ship itself has an AI that can pilot, that can you know can dock, it can. Uh, it can talk back to you. It can, you know, mouth off at you and call you a slacker or a slut or whatever it wants to call you. Uh, and that AI is named Bob, and it controls the the ship. It's kind of a reference to both Lost in Space and also to Hal from 2001. Right. The funny thing is, he has agoraphobia, so it's literally a spaceship <laughs> that's got a fear of space, and he has panic attacks all the time. So I, I really yeah. enjoyed that aspect. I enjoy um, that too. It it reminded me of um. Douglas Adams. What was the name of the robot from? Uh, oh, uh, from Hitchhiker's man. Guide. Yeah, from Hitchhikers. Uh, if you, if you know the depressed robot that I'm talking about, Bob kind of reminds me of that, just in the way that it's like it's a robot with like personality issues that makes it very difficult to work with. And I like that aspect of it. I thought that was kind of funny. They had some fun with it, probably more so in the other episodes we watched, but a couple gags here and there. Huh. What about uh, what about Gus? What are you feeling about old Gus? Gus is pretty interesting. He has again from the from the intro, you're kind of given this idea that maybe he's a C3PO style right. character, and he kind of is. He yeah. sort of seems to be uh you know, serving up information. He helps a Chode. I mean, the number of times that we're going to say Chode on this episode it's is going to be a lot. Is amazing. He helps Chode with some of his capers. Uh you know, he he's he's around and he's he's present. I don't know that he really super contributes a lot uh, to he, everything that's going on, but he's, he's kind he's there of there as like, like a comedy foil yes. to uh, to Chode. Right. He's there initially as like the straight man, which is kind of ironic because eventually, at some point, he becomes they layer him or label him with uh, homosexuality. So they essentially start making jokes about how he's a homosexual, and then they really just kind of lay into it in one of the episodes that we watched. So I don't know the progression over time. If it took that whole season for him to like start to be slowly labeled as such, because in that first episode, you don't get that at all. He's actually just kind of like not asexual, but more repressed than anything else. There, there's another lady robot who he's kind of interested in, but has not really pursued any romantic interests in. I, I don't and, know though, man. There, there yeah. is, there is kind of like a a butt play joke that they have in that first episode. In with, the first one, we'll yeah, have to get back to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't remember it. So it's, it's interesting. It. But I mean, to your, to your point about Hitchhiker's Guide, he is sort of the Marvin. He's kind of a paranoid android. Oh, see, I was thinking, yeah, I guess between Gus and Bob, they're both kind of, they've got that, uh, oh, that sort oh. of sensibility to them. Bob is the, the paranoid Bob. android. Got it. Bob. Bab. Babe. Um, that's pretty much it for those guys. And we should probably talk about the animation style so you have an idea of what's kind of going on here and what they look like and what we're working with. Basically, if you've ever seen like a mod for Skyrim, The Sims, anything where there's like a, like a like a, a human figure, and then you can kind of alienize it, or you can add you know tails, or change color of the skin, or change the size of the musculature, or whatever, 
it looks like that. It looks like somebody just took a mod for a game and then just ran crazy with it and then just like morphed them into all kinds of different shapes and sizes um, to populate these like alien worlds. So sort of like the, the game that they had that came out from Will Wright, who was the inventor of Sims. Mm. He had that game called Spore, which is that you kind of create a lot of these weird random alien creatures. Yeah. That, that's 100% what this game made me think of is the video game Spore. I, yeah. I can't think of anything else that would have been in the mid 2000s that would have been a contemporary of this uh, other than to say that if you took reboot and, and made it a little bit more polished and like gave him a virus yeah, and watched everybody mutate. It, it, it's a little bit better than reboot, but not, think by, it, but not by much. Mm, I don't, I'll disagree. I think it's a lot, it's a lot better than reboot. Uh, go back and watch reboot, <laughs> not just Sean, like everybody, but <laughs> Reboot was almost to the point of that, like, you know, money for nothing video where people are kind of like gliding around and not moving. It looks like the floor beneath them is shuffling along with them. This was this was pretty fluid. And, you know, the mouth movements and stuff were fairly well timed. There weren't a whole lot of janky kind of wonky things going on. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't super fluid, but it was I didn't think it was that bad. Honestly, I, I, I was just, mostly just watching Six's boobs go back and forth. So I don't know. Maybe, well, I, mean, maybe I wasn't paying attention. We're, we're talking about Jank and we, we've talked about Jank for the last couple of weeks with some of the animation style. Like this first episode opens up with Six uh, with like her legs behind her head and her yeah. head like in her crotch doing like yeah. a yoga move. Yeah. And then she like she gets out of it like a bizarre robot contortionist. And you're just like, what? Was the joke supposed to be that she could like go down on herself or that I think as an introduction is just kind of like the hell's going on here? Like what? Yeah. And then she is just like, she is meant to just draw your eyes kind of wherever she goes just cause she's like Jessica rabbit. She's just drawn that way. So you kind of follow her wherever you go, but there's so many kind of weird and strange creations going. There's like bird people. There's weird little like mushroom people that, there's so many different things. It's actually a fairly creatively drawn and designed uh, worlds populated by many different types of people and creatures. Um, sure. And, we and the get, fact we that they, they can that. like cram all them in is, is pretty, pretty good for their software. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we get into a lot of those crazy characters, yeah. uh, especially on this first episode. Uh, both, I'd say. Oh, really? Yeah, because the first one, you get a fair amount when we get to the like, airport, for lack of a better word. The second one, when you get to that planet, there's a lot going on on that planet. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot that's going on on that planet, but I, I want to say, like, it felt, I, I don't know, it just felt like it was It was, it was more humanoid on that, yeah. Yeah, it was more humanoid, but it was also, like, very stereotypical and just... Oh, 100%. I, it, it, at some point, my brain just was like, I don't care <laughs> that you don't understand what homosexuality is. We'll get there. It, it felt like this show was confused about itself and its sexuality in the middle of that one episode and it was it was very hard to kind of get through it because it was it was i I looked at it this way it was like a kid like a 15 year old boy trying to understand that there are people who are different than him it was like that type of framing with like dick and fart jokes and it's not funny to me We'll we'll talk about that more because I think this setup is important, and I think what they're trying to do is an important thing to understand to have context for for this world. Sure. Okay. Um, I'll do my best to defend it, and we'll see if it if it <laughs> if it passes muster or not. But all right, all right, we'll see. 
Um, yeah, as far as the animation style for anything else, I mean, man, they really put a lot of time into the design of Six. They really like watching her walk around and the various whatever poses. Uh, they spent a lot of time on that. Everybody else is like, they're fine. Everybody moves around fine. Gus is a little wonky to look at and design. They do have fun stuff with like each of the characters though, right? So there's a, there's a bit when in the first episode when they're going to the airport and Gus is like, oh, thanks for getting me a ticket too. He's like, I didn't get you a ticket. And he like starts to pull him apart, pull the robot apart and folds him up basically into luggage. So like it's stuff like that is kind of fun because it's not a static model all the time. They actually do kind of physically pull it apart and, and have some fun with it. Or they like, they change clothes which rarely happens on cartoons. Um, so it, it was a little more advanced than I had actually anticipated for mid early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Plus I looked up a lot of trip in the rift roll 34 and I'm just like, totally into it oh my god oh my god oh my god i did not i, I did not look this no up i didn't all. either I'm, you don't need to it's I'm right so, there yeah, your it's, face it's uncomfortably so if, there if you guys haven't figured out by now the show is incredibly sexual uh to the point that they like a don't care <clears throat> and b make it a plot point or or you know it's just constant and sometimes it's like all right we get it it's enough it's enough uh what's <laughs> If if the topic of sexuality, especially homosexuality versus heterosexuality, is not contentious enough, what other topic that humans always fight over could possibly be more more contentious than that? I don't know. Could it be religion? It might be religion. It might so be might religion. as well start there. Oh God! I gotta give them points for having the balls to just like tackle this straight up. Now, granted, it's a it's a animated space based sci fi goofy series. But they're asking questions that most people are like, no, shh, 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 you can't say that. No, shh, you, no, you're not allowed. I, I and mean, as Canadians, I, too, you guys are supposed to be polite and not throw this stuff in our faces. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I don't feel like they tackled this at all. I feel like what, what they I feel like what they did was they created uh, they created a, a very biased narrative at some okay. point. And then in order to kind of keep it. Uh, very PG or keep it accessible to everybody. They like at the end, they were just like, and we're redoing everything. Don't worry about it. We figured it out. And then it just drops. There's no, there's no ending. If you're looking for like, Hey, maybe this show has some philosophy that's behind it. Or maybe this show has like a, a bigger idea or like some type of a larger grand design that will kind of guide these, these alien creatures and these sex robots for Three seasons. I can't believe the show went fucking three seasons. For yeah. three full seasons. No, you're not going to get anything. You're just going to get them taking <clears throat> real bad recycled pot shots at God and religion. And I say this as an agnostic. If you're going to write jokes like this that are going to be against God, that are going to be against a creator, man, you better make them funny. You better make those situations funny. Uh, and, and for me, it was just like, like for to probably like curb a, a, a line that this show would have recycled and used it went these jokes went over like a fart in church and that's that feels like as relevant as i can make it in terms of religion see, in now this here's show. here's where i'm gonna jump in so i think that a lot of that was intentional i think this is their first thing out of the gates other than the web shorts that were premiered a couple yeah but years it, earlier. it's not it was those web shorts they had the they did like three or four web shorts before yeah. this so they had time to build oh, no, something no, I'm in. not here. Let me, let me finish here. Okay. I, I'm not saying it's their first time out of the gate, so they don't know what they're doing. 
I'm saying it's their first time on like the network TV, and this is basically their first big coming out for a, a bigger audience. The people who have watched the web comics or whatever, they already know pretty much what they're going to get, or close to it. For the bigger audience who is seeing this thing, they have no clue what they're going to get. So I like the fact that they came out and were basically just like, first order of business, is there a god or not? Like, that's pretty ballsy, regardless of how it is executed. Pretty ballsy question to like come out and ask. Now I will say this, yes, they or no, I guess, they do not take a stand one way or the other. And I actually like that because it leaves that conversation open. Because it's honestly not a conversation that ever has an end, uh, as far as we can tell. So it leaves the conversation open. And from, from talking to creators of similar web comics like this, of shows, of comics that have kind of this satirical, uh, edgy, sometimes aggressive attack of ideals, things that people hold dear on one side or another, most of them say, like, you have to walk down the middle. You have to offend everybody equally. You can't lean too much to one side or the other because you'll alienate a larger part of the audience. And you'll also then attach a stigma to your show that says, oh, well, that one time they went 60% in favor of religion. So they're definitely always going to be in favor of religion. Whereas if you stay more or less within the 50% range, people don't know. And it encourages conversation. It encourages speculation. It encourages anger on both sides. So I, I think I'm not going to be too harsh with them. I think they did an okay job at staying in the middle of the road, though they definitely lean more towards <laughs> more towards making fun of religion than not. Sure. And I, yeah. I, 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 I won't disagree with you on those mm-hmm. points. I think they are super, super valid. I think, though, the, the perspective and, and sort of the final conclusion that they were running towards with all of this wasn't to really toe the, the line or, you know, it was one, it was to be as offensive as possible. That's Correct. fine. Again, yep. we keep saying this. If you're going to do that, it better be really funny. Yeah. Did not, did not, like, did not work for me. Okay. Uh, which is fine. Uh, but then the second was to really just prove the character point that we have with Chode McBlob. <laughs> uh, with Chode Mc... I fucking hate saying can Just call him Steven Root, because yeah. I keep having to, like, remind myself that <laughs> friggin' Steven Root voiced this guy. Uh, so... Uh, so Stephen Root, uh, you know, with all of this, it's just to prove the fact that his character is right about everything and that he is the authority. He's the de facto authority, even though he's not right about this stuff, he's still correct. And I think that sense or that sort of confabulation in terms of somebody's ego and how they create that narrative, it, just, it seems unreliable and it seems sort of... It, it seems crazy. It seems crazy to be able to start a show with a pilot with saying, uh, I'm right, uh, and then I'm wrong, but I'm still right. And that was more frustrating to me than probably anything else. See, but I think the fact that they made you feel that way about Chode is probably what they were looking for. Because this is not a person who you should be looking to for advice for anything. He's, he's kind of a, he's not even really an anti-hero because these guys don't have any, anything except their own interests in mind. Yeah. You kind of, he's a, he's a rogue, he's a scoundrel, he's, a, he's kind of scummy, they all kind of are. You're not really supposed to like any of these characters, but you watch them because, I mean, I guess if you watch the show religiously, no pun intended, you watch them because you wanted to see what kind of crazy shit they'd say next, and what kind of terrible situations they'd get themselves into, and what kind of terrible people or chode blobs they would be until the next time. So 
I don't think you're supposed to like him, and I don't think you're supposed to find him reliable. Um, what's interesting is that he has a whole sequence where he literally just goes back and forth when his life is threatened. Uh, we haven't set this episode up, so essentially what happens is the, the crew finds out there's a sort of a time travel vacation thing that they can take, and they start to get into this debate amongst themselves where they say, let's go back to the beginning of time, and some, some, most of the crew are like, oh, well, God's going to be there, and that's going to be awesome. Let's go back and say hi to God. And of course, Chode is just like, no, idiot, there's no God there. It's the Big Bang. It was an explosion, the expansion, boom, that's it, done. Pretty much everybody else on the crew is like, no, no, there's a God. He's like, let's find this out. Go ahead. Yeah, to which we have uh, six replying and saying, well, I've been in enough Big Bangs. <laughs> and just one time when I'm screaming, oh, God, oh, God, I really want to mean it. And I... She know. wants to. She wants to go bang God <laughs> at the beginning of time. It's the the stuff like that was just more of an eye roll. It wasn't really funny. It's like I get it. You're a sex robot. Yeah. But what was interesting was that Gus, the robot, was religious uh, because he was saying basically like, well, God created everything. He's like, if there was no God, then I should just, I guess, bow down. What I'm supposed to bow down to the engineers that make me. And then with uh, six also being a robot, a cyborg or a. a sex slave robot she's like there's no way that god is a nerdy fat pimply faced dude that master that's chronically masturbates or whatever right. so they're like i don't know they're playing around a little bit with ai and what makes a god figure they really didn't get into the fact that like you know say we established a, a communication with intelligent life somewhere else in the world if, if we're to believe here on Earth that like humans are made in God's image, but we meet aliens that look nothing like us, that look like something in Tripping the Rift, how do you take that, you know, how do you perform your missionary duties, go to them and say like, hey, this is our God, check it out. We're made in his image. I don't 100% know what you guys are, but we'll figure that out down the road. Like they didn't dig into that at all, which I thought was more interesting, but they at least, they at least plant some seeds and they open up the conversation a little bit more. I'll say this, way more than any other cartoon ever really does. I don't think I've ever watched a cartoon where the first episode or any episode was like, let's talk about whether or not God <laughs> exists. Unless you're watching Preacher. That's a whole other story. Sure. Humperdoo. Uh, so again, as, as Dave has mentioned, uh, everything's been set up and everything's yep. been framed that they are going to go back in time to the beginning of time right. so that they can say whether or not God is actually real. And so... And it's mostly just Chode and Gus who go on this journey. Right. And so they, they pack up. They, they head into this time travel. Um, it's like I, an airport. Yeah, like, like spaceship uh, that they, they get into. Uh, and they go, they go into the past. Oh, let me ask you real quick how you felt about the, uh, the guy who tried to sneak a bomb in versus the women who were dressed as, uh, what, are, what, are they, what are they called? The sort of ceremonial dress for Muslim women. That it covers everything but the eyes. Uh, I always, Sorry, I don't know the term. No, no, I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a burqa. I don't believe that it is. Okay. Um, I but essentially, that. there's there's this guy who tries to go through security, and in his briefcase is like three grenades, a gun, and a bomb. And the security guard holds it up. Essentially, think TSA, like post nine eleven, right? He holds it up, and he's like, "Sir, what is this?" And the guy's like, "Don't shake it; it'll explode." He's like, "What is it?" Uh, it's a can of soda. You can't bring a can of soda on this plane. And he's like, I mean, it's a bomb. Oh, a bomb's totally fine then. So he puts it back in his bag, gives it to the guy. The guy walks off camera and then detonates. 
you don't see it. All you see is like bloody chunks and blown organs back into, and organs like and blood just everywhere. That it didn't really make me laugh, but it caught me off guard. I was like, okay, at least they followed through with that joke. I guess. Uh, I mean, Ooh. I actually, I actually may have been right. It may have been. It may. It so we we have two penguins. Two they were kind of bird people. Yeah, they were two, pushing like a bird child in a stroller. Yeah, two two like female penguins that are yeah. wearing what looks like a burka, and their their beaks are coming out of where like you would actually have like the eyes. Yeah, and uh, they they get racially profiled. The one bird says something like B6, and she's like, no, C4. And as soon as they say C4, they get, like, basically tackled and thrown into a, a holding cell. And they're like, it's a random screening. And they're like, is it really that random? Because then the camera pans, and you see that there is a bunch of other Muslim-looking aliens, and they play sitar music over top of it. I was going to say, if you, didn't, if you didn't know that they were supposed to be, like, Middle Eastern persuasion, they'd definitely play some stereotypical music. I'm Stuff like even- that. I'm not yeah. even Muslim, and I was like, "This is really poorly done and offensive." <laughs> like yeah. this, this is a shitty joke. The thing is, it's it wasn't funny, um, but I also didn't find it offensive in the way that you probably should, because for satire and for parody and things like that, when you kind of spin that around and you point that you point that lens on the people who put them in there. And you say, these are the people who are wrong, and they're very obviously a parody of like the, the TSA at the time and currently. When you, when you point that, when you give them that point of view and you put the joke there, yeah, it's wrong, it's offensive, it's terrible, but it's because those people did that thing. It's not like the writers saying, hey, look at this funny thing that we do to people because we're terrible. You can, you can look at it either way. I choose to look at it as, as parody and satire. Okay. I still didn't laugh, but I at least got what they were. <laughs> they were trying to do yeah Yeah. fair but okay so as you were saying they're on the plane they're traveling through time and they're in the past right so they they get to this point where they they i I will say there's actually some cool imagery because the the spaceship flies up into what's a huge mouth yeah and the mouth mouth purple mouth uh inhales them and says next stop the beginning of time and that, that was kind of interesting. Trippy. Yeah, I like the kind of psychedelic aspects of it. That, yeah. again, felt very like Douglas Adams to me. Yeah, this is very yeah. Douglas Adams. And so we had uh, like a weird uh, cutscene where there's like some dinosaurs and then there's a, a canine Jesus. And then... Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. And then... But I've never seen this before. So this is, this is, I, this is interesting imagery. I was know? watching. I'm like, are they trying to say like it's an inversion of God? So it's just dog? Like dog is the. I mean, there there have been. I think there was a kids in the hall sketch, which again, like Canadian, uh, Canadian sketch comedy group. Yeah. Who I think that they wrote some type of a sketch where somebody had uh, had submitted their. It was a, like a a dog contest, uh, but they had submitted their god um, to it. So that was that was the punchline. It's also a preacher punchline. If you guys are uh, catching up on that, yeah. Oh boy. Um, yep. uh, so they they go through all this interesting imagery. They get. Uh, they get almost to the beginning of time. Right. It turns out that the pilot is just like, we're too like we're too scared and we want to live. We don't want to die. So they they hightail it and they uh, they move it around. But in the meantime, yep. I think that there is some lightning that's going to happen, which you're going to talk about because this is a men- moment that you mentioned where it's convenient for him to call out to a higher power when necessary. Yes. So Chode this whole time has been very adamant the fact that there is no god and. It's just the Big Bang, and anyone who believes in God is a dummy, and all this stuff. So they get to this point, and the pilots basically say, like, 
Hey guys, we're doing great. We're almost there. All we got to do is get through these blue wavy lines that no one else has been able to cross, but it's going to be fine because we're powered by alcohol. <laughs> so, yep. That kind of made me laugh. Drunk pilots are always funny. Until they're not. Um, <laughs> so they're going through this basically like electrical storm and the plane is getting jostled and it's really kind of violent outside to the point that it looks like they're all going to die. So Chode starts to say, oh God, oh God, please don't kill me. I don't want to die here. I believe in you and I love you and oh God, oh God. And the plane gets still. And Gus is like, oh, so you've come around now and you believe in a higher power. He's like, nah, only when, I'm, only when my life's threatened. So the plane starts shaking again and all these lights start going. He's like, oh God, I'm sorry. I believe in you and I, everything I've ever said and I'm sorry. This goes on and on and on for minutes. And it basically, he never really learns a lesson one way or the other. He basically sticks with his original assumption when everything's safe and fine. And then he freaks out and starts pretending to believe in God just to get him through a life-threatening situation when it's not so fine. Which, again, does not look good for his character, but also does not look good for people who are like that, one way or the other. People who either walk around every day acting holier than thou, but then in the dark do things that are as far from Christian as you can possibly get. Sure. I don't know who you might be thinking of, but I'm sure you can pick a few. Or people who are very adamant that there is no God, and anybody who thinks that is completely foolish and is being scammed. And then when their life's put on the line, they all of a sudden find Jesus and find religion or whatever. Right. So that's just part of the human condition, even if you're a little chode blob. So I was okay with it. Again, not funny. Just kind of like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. It's an interesting perspective. Didn't it's, laugh. Yeah. But. It's that weird self-preservation slash bargaining yes. that we fall into whenever we reptile feel, brain. <laughs> when you feel threatened. But yeah, so they, they get yeah. to the point where they, they turn the plane around because they don't, the pilots don't want to die. Right. They get all the way back to the spaceport. Right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, McBlob and Gus uh, <laughs> wait on the plane. They hijack and steal the plane, and they actually make it all the way through all the problem areas and this lightning and this turbulence where yep. nobody's ever gone before, and they finally get to the Big Bang. What's, uh, I mean, there's not much there, but what's missing? Uh, God. There's no God there. Well, I guess that solves it. Yep. End so, of the episode. So they uh, they pack it up and they head back. Now we should mention at the very end of the first space flight, you see a a, a, a flight attendant handing out these VA like copies <laughs> yeah. of like uh, the complimentary trip they, copies of the trip. Yeah. Right. So that they can watch the trip and they can observe. I guess it's maybe like a selfie cam. Like I don't know they what can, the hell that was. They that can, was a weird. Yeah. They can observe all of the, the interesting things that they, they saw. Or maybe it was a cam that was like on the nose of the plane. And so it recorded sure. everything as well. Who knows? Uh, we should also mention that when the guys were flying a plane, uh, they saw a copy of themselves pass them right. off to the side. And they were just kind of like, that's weird. And Gus is like, you have no idea how time travel works, do you? And he's like, nope. Nah. <laughs> so that made they get, me laugh. So they get back all the way to this point and yep. they are leaving again this hijacked plane that they have. And again, mm -hmm. they get a complimentary copy of yep. the trip that they just took. Right. Pay if you're if you're, if you're listening, just put like just a mental dog ear on that. Put one. a little mental dog ear on that yeah. one because that that guy's important. So they get back into the spaceship and what do they find, Dave? Every things are different, right? Everything's the nah, same. I, everything's, everything's different. Totally everything's normal. Weird. Everything no, everything's weird. So originally when they left, you know, six was dressed in basically nothing. She got into fights with Tanuk all the time. Um, uh, what's his name? Whip was like not even first mate. Like he was far down the line. Now everything's flipped. 
The girls are like best friends. I think they're in like a same sex relationship at this point. They are. Um, yeah. They're very conservatively dressed in weird sweaters. And one was an Omega. Was the other one an Alpha or was it like a T for some reason? I thought I it can't was. Remember. A, I thought it, yeah. yeah. One was an Omega. It doesn't matter. But it turns out that like Whip is the captain of this ship. So Chode's not 100% sure what's going on with this. Gus, on the other hand, um, is soon met by his female companion who now just wants to just bang Gus all the time. So this leads to the, the realization that like sex is just free and you can just have sex whenever you want it and there are no repercussions. They basically soon find that like money is just like laying around and, and waiting for the taking. You just go and take as much as you want. Same with food. There are no wars because there is no religious divide. They say at one point, they're like watching the news and they say, we, n- we now go live to the safest place in the world, Jerusalem. So pretty much any, anything that you could pick as like a hotbed of conflict for whatever reason, usually religious, they show that it's been smoothed over and it's totally not a big deal. And everything seems like an ideal world at this point. Right. So what's the what's the problem? What could possibly go wrong? Well, I, I think you mentioned that they have all of these things yeah. uh, that are that are grand, that are amazing, that yeah. are are very important. And we wish that in a utopia society that we had these things. Yeah. But these exist because there's one underlying ideal that is missing. What's that? Which is that you can lie and cheat. Ah, how about yes. that? Yes. And so. In this moment, McBlob, okay, uh, McBlob uh, has, at some point, he has gone into a bank and he, you know, they're not locking money up. You can just walk in and you can take just take you it. Want. You yeah. just take everything that you want and do it. And then people are just like, uh, were we not supposed to tell anybody? That, like, you could just lie and you can cheat. And then and that, quickly, and, es- that quickly yep. escalates into every other form of depravity that you yep. could think. Uh, to the point every where here, every sin, every vice, yep. Which you know, we we've mentioned that uh, that our our buddy Gus, uh, he kind of has like a lady robot that's in his life, uh, and at some point when they come back from the Big Bang, she is like uh, uh she is like his wife, like she is a very excited wife. She's uh, she's very happy to see him and wants to welcome him back with loving arms. Now in this depraved crazy world that they've created because these good people didn't realize that bad and evil could exist in any way uh she suddenly pops up in the elevator and just looks at gus and she goes i learned a new word today it's sodomy and you're like what the fuck (laughs) and at the same time uh six has just walked in she's like I found something else that's more fun than sex. And she just holds up the severed head of Tanook. You're like, okay. Uh, the one that's probably the worst is that they cut to a news reporter. This was, this was so fucked up. This was pretty I'm, fucked up. This was really fucked up. So I don't know. Trigger warning, I guess. Yes. Uh, just in general, trigger warning. So they're showing on the news people looting, robbing, murdering, assaulting other people. And they just, most people don't understand what's going on. Even the anchor is like, Breaking news, evil, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm told that's pronounced evil, evil is breaking out. So they, uh, they go to this other reporter and he's like, I think I've discovered a new form of evil. Now, as you're looking at this guy, you only kind of see like three quarters of him. You see his head, but he's kind of bent over something and his whole body is just kind of like shuddering back and forth. Just kind of like, what's, what's the word? 
pulsing almost? Uh, yeah, I pulsing. I'm gonna try not to get too descriptive with it. Because yeah. he just I mean, you can tell what's happening. It's off camera, but you can tell what's happening. Um and then he basically says he's like, oh, I'm currently uh currently being raped. In my and then they blank out the word ass. Like, I'm currently being raped. And they just stay there for about, I don't know, an un- uncomfortable it, amount it, of time. It is so uncomfortable. And it, it's unnecessary, too. Yeah. I, I, that was... That was something. It's really, like... It, I, to, to me, the idea that somebody, you know, would, would sit around in a writer's room and just be like, man, this is what is going to cap off... Like, it's, you know, we... Like, the way that they escalated and heightened everything within this is they were like, Stealing or lying, stealing, murder, sodomy, rape. It's it just like it's it's a series of just non. Yeah, you, you could have done three and you could have been out of it, but they were just like, we're going to push the envelope. We as writers of Trip and the Rift are going to push the envelope <laughs> in this and we're going to push it all the way into this alien's butt. And yeah. it's like, it's not funny. It's just not it's not it's not only is it not funny, but it's it just it. It's a shitty joke, and it was offensive to watch. Look, I, I give a lot of artistic license for things like this as far as trying to make the point. Uh, probably should have been on cutting room floor. That one probably should have been left out. Yeah. Um, and it's not because I'm, like, personally offended by it. It's, it's not funny, and you've already kind of made the point. So, like, did you really need to do an alien butt rape joke? Is that really what you need to do? No, I the mean, answer is no. It, the so answer is 100%. Didn't. They yeah. did not have to make this joke. All right. So... We're in this utopian world ruined by basically uh, Chody McBlob because he introduced vice and sin to the world. So then they're like, well, we should probably go to the tape and figure out what the hell happened. Turns out they ran into God with their plane and killed him. <laughs> so the only way to fix that is to go back in time. Uh, to which again, they, they see themselves yes. again traveling back in time at the same time to which we have almost an identical conversation of, huh, right. that's weird. You don't know the first thing about space travel, do you? Right. Nope. Nope. So. So, so then they, they essentially just go back and they like have a conversation with God. And what does he say at this point? He's like, thank you for saving my life. And in return, I will raise a statue of you and you will be my only begotten sons. And everything, yeah. that's, I mean, that sounds nice. Sounds sure. totally fine. So it sure. all works out well for the guys. Well, until you realize that this is the first group ah. to go back in time. And I guess the way that they've planned this time travel, that there is a second group that has yet to actually make it back. And so at this point, God knows that the plane is coming. He jumps over the plane and the plane touches down and where it would have crushed and killed God. Instead, it like decapitates, like it kills and murders McBlob and Gus. Yep. And, and you just see blood leaking out of Chode and like oil leaking out of Gus. And this whole episode ends with God just looking at the camera and just going, suckers. And that's it. And that's it. Cut. Hard blackout. Roll that's credits. Done. And I'm, at that point, I'm kind of like, yeah, they were not super reverent towards any religion at all. That was never their intention. They weren't super, uh, I'd say they weren't super hard on people who were like, eh, we don't need God. We don't need religion. because. The whole, like, instant descent into madness and chaos kind of shows that we need some sort of, like, moral guidance from somewhere, even if it's, a, even if it's just a, a collective um, communal belief. Even yeah. if it's not anything that has, like, any, any physical truth to it, 
if it has a communal belief that keeps people in line and keeps them from doing these horrible things, it's probably important. Guys, um, we need yeah. those social constructs. Those yeah. are incredibly important. Yeah. To not just moita everybody. Yep. Yeah. We're going to need that a lot in the next few years, I think. So yeah. let's hold on to that. Let's yeah. not hold on to tripping the rift. Oh. Um, do you want to talk about the second episode? Uh, I want to talk about how offensive it is. Okay. Now, again, you think this one's super offensive. By the time I, I, I got to the end of this first one, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. There are lines that didn't need to be crossed. There were, you know, boundaries that didn't need to be pushed for a laugh that was not there. A, so. Okay. So uh, let's, I, let's talk about the second one. Uh, so the second one, um, they, it starts out and the setting is that they're stuck in traffic. Uh, there is a, a Vulcan who's drunk and pees on a cop's <laughs> foot. And as a result, uh, evidently there's cargo in that ship. Uh, that has now dispersed around the areas of traffic right. to which they have tractor beamed that cargo. They stole and it. Stolen it. Yeah. Brought it on board. And guess what? It turns out it's essentially sex lubricant. Yeah. It's like KY uh, jelly, but they couldn't use that brand. But yeah. So it's it's like GY is what so they it's call GY it. jelly because so it's only for only for dudes. Yeah. So GY jelly is evidently only for homosexuals. Only. Only exclusively so. lube for homo no, no no hetero or heteronormative person can possibly use this nope. this is explicitly only designated lube for people who are gay yep that's it two dudes one lube that's I, it this this, this is, episode go, go ahead i got so no, much no, no. Shit about I, was, this. I was just gonna say this is where we learn that gus knows a lot more about quote unquote homosexuality than uh, he had let on before because somebody was like well how do you even use this stuff and he's like it's simple you simply squirt a quarter sized dollop on your hand and then oh you didn't mean that I'm sorry yeah there's a part and he's like he's... one tube will last you exactly four hours and 37 minutes after that you are down to spit and prayers that that, that was a, that was a funny line that spit, was a funny line spit and prayers I did enjoy that but, yeah. because, uh, because what is it they, they make some comment afterwards they're just like are you sure that you're not letting on and, or they make some comment about it and he, uh, Gus's response is like I will slap you all the way to Liza Minnelli's grave yeah and stuff like that I was just like fuck alright okay. like, we get it we're making gay jokes everything's we get it it's fine you don't have to oh I'm, I'm sorry are we making gay jokes oh all the um, gay jokes because, because this is this is like this is middle school locker room gay, gay joke central for the next 20 minutes yeah. is all that this episode is, is people not understanding that there are gay people that exist and that in the presence of gay people, you need to show and stress masculinity and you need to hump a sex robot <laughs> while you're trying to sell illegal goods to a, to a gay mayor because it can only he will only do business with people who are gay, and they are on a planet where heterosexuality has been outlawed. Okay, so we threw a lot at you there. So let's back up a little bit. The our our crew has all this gay only sex jelly. Hold that, hold that thought in your head. They are like, well, we can only sell it to gays. Where's a crap ton of gays that we can go? And they're like, oh, I heard about this all gay planet called Fabulous Heaven. I love that name. If there it's was a fun, an all gay it's, it's planet, a funny, it it's should, a funny name. And it's it a should funny name absolutely be called Fabulous Heaven. That was amazing. When they get to this place, it's got like rainbow colored uh, rings in its orbit, which mm-hmm. I also thought was fantastic. Up to that point, I'm like, I'm on board. This is fun. Uh, except for the, you know, the weird jelly stuff where they can only sell it exclusively to gays, whatever. And then they, la- 
and then they land. Now look, if they would have had a line that said like, it's Mardi Gras, or it's a celebration, or it's Pride Day, or something, to explain why literally every person was dressed either as like a bear, uh, as a, a twink, I guess that's still an acceptable term, or as just like an overly hyper-sexualized stereotype of a gay person, of a lesbian. There were no like quote-unquote normally dressed people walking around. Everybody was in like midriffs and cutoff shorts and uh, rainbow sparklers or rain, like just like no one, no one dressed like that. I guess if you're going to this planet to have like a, a again, quote-unquote, this would be so much easier with a video podcast, uh, like a gay vacation <laughs> where you can just like have pride week all the time or like dress up however you want fine but if we're if we're supposed to believe that this is just how like life is on this planet all the time then it's very obviously playing into the stereotypes from the writers whether they intended to or not right i really would have loved to have known if there was actually any gay writer that was in the room when they put this together i can't believe that there was uh or if there was he's probably just like ostracized and just like yeah you do this shit right you do all this gay shit it's fine if we put it in here I don't know, though. Canadians are very polite. Um, I will say, though, that all the political stuff that we get into, because we see, we see a, uh, a gay governor. What's his name? McJersey? Yeah, Governor McJersey. <laughs> governor McJersey, who will only deal with gay-owned businesses, which we'll set up a plot point we'll talk about in a second. There's also a Reverend Fletcher who goes on TV and decries heterosexuality as unnatural, sinful, disgusting, and to be outlawed, punishable by death. Now, this, this kind of stuff I'm okay with. Why? Because the norm in our society is that the heterosexual people who are in power, the um, politicians, the law enforcement, the, um, the, religious the clergy, leaders. yeah, religious leaders who are very, I mean, we've seen it just in the last couple of weeks, who are devoutly like heterosexuality and that's it. That's how God ordained it. That's it. There's no other way. Any other way is sinful. Then they legislate and they use their power to say, like, any, anything other than this is wrong and it will be discouraged and it will be punished. So I'm okay with this show taking that stance from the other side because they're basically saying, like, this is how ridiculous this outlook is. We're just looking at it from the other side. They're not saying that, like, the two sides are equivalent as they are currently in sort of animosity towards each other. They're just saying if you have... If you fit in one particular social caste or cultural caste or sexual caste and you make uh, cast aspersions on other people for doing things that aren't like you, then you're just as ridiculous as everybody else. Man, I'm starting to sound like a Nazi or something, though. Oof. You know? Not trying to go there. I, no, but I, I, I see what they're trying to do. Just, the execution wasn't great. They're, they're, trying, they're attempting to show the juxtaposition of societal norms. To sum everything up. That was good. And Thanks for... Why didn't you say that like 10 minutes because, ago? I was just you know rambling I'm be and sweating with you, my brains out. To be honest with you, watching those gears turn, that was everything for me. That Sean was really, just summed that up in like three are, words. Right. Now, granted, uh, they're all much bigger words that I usually use, but it worked. No, they're not. You're very intelligent, Dave. So they... Juxtaposition. That's like five words right yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's not... It's, okay. We, we will talk later. Okay. <laughs> so they, so they, they juxtapose these social norms uh, in a way you know, that it, it subverts society that right. we currently have that's in place. And, and, I, and I, I like that real quick. I just like that because it, it changes your perception for a second. Because it's and, something and, you haven't really seen. You may have thought of it. You may have even talked about it. But to see it kind of changes your gears a little bit. And, and, and I, I will agree with you on that. And I think that if I wish that they had made a 
bigger or a better point about this. Yes. Because they had every opportunity to just say, you know what? Like, love is love. And however you want to do something is totally fine. And you, in, you know, th- these things should be acceptable. And that, you know what? Even if we're on this planet where it is predominantly gay, we can, we can embrace other people who might not have those those same beliefs or sexual desires and that's their main misstep is that it doesn't have anything to do with love in this sense like everything right. else on this show it has to do with sex and that's it and, and, so, and that's, that that's the problem that i have with this yeah, is yeah, that yeah. no point is it just like you know what it's it's about uh it's about activism it's about equality in terms of rights it's about you know understanding nature nurture environment all of these things that go into creating us who we are, right. you and know, society. and, and yeah. yeah, and society and being able to, to make and have commentary on it. And this show had the setup and its execution was, uh, these gays are weird, huh? Gays. <laughs> I don't understand it. Gays. And that's it. That's like, that's, that's their commentary on gays is look how weird these gays are. Look how macho I can be. And it, it just, it fucking blew my mind. And, and essentially, we keep saying execution, talking about how well the show performed, what the writers had in mind, but there is a literal execution that takes place at the end of this episode, or at least they try to. So the governor, who turns out is closeted heterosexual, because he really just wants to bang six, and they do, for quite a long time. Um, a lot of things kind of happen in between, but the main thing is at the end, they basically like out the mayor as straight in front of his entire contingency and all his supporters as he's like running for re-election just to escape just to escape the uh guillotine just to escape from getting their heads cut off yeah and 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 just and just to be clear because again this could have been something where you know what he count he came out again juxtaposition we have this thing where he comes out and it turns out he is not like he's he's hetero and he's at least hetero curious sure uh he's hetero curious at that point and so this is something where, you know, he could say, like, hey, this is, this is an opportunity to, to learn and to, to have possibly these curiosities, these other desires. It's not just all about sex. There might be something bigger. There might be something additional that's above and beyond what this show's message is. And then what happens to Governor McJersey, Dave? This is, this is to me, this is, the, this is the polish. Like, this is the spit shine and a prayer that's on this turd of a sandwich. What happens to Governor McJersey? Yeah, there's a few things here that kind of get worse one after the other. Well, first, they, they show that he's straight by throwing a bunch of porn at him, basically. Um, and then he's more or less stoned to death by his, the congregation of people who have gathered around him. Yeah. So he's essentially stoned to death. However, that's not bad enough. They had to make jokes yep. about... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to make jokes about effeminate men... Now, if not, not being not being able to throw stones. Yeah. So just because you're a gay male does not mean you are unable to throw a thing hard. I don't know why that seems to be a. Oh, I don't know. Is that a belief? Do people I, believe that? I guess I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes back to like the I can't whole, throw I, particularly hard. I mean, it but, goes back to the whole idea that like you know they're 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 sissies, they're wimps, right? You know they they're not as strong as their their hetero male counterpart, and, and it's, it's yeah. A, it's not, even, even within the, the rules that they set up within this show, they show a bunch of dudes like walking around like huge muscly dudes in like the bear or like even like the gimp suits or whatever. Um, so that doesn't even make sense. They just wrote it in as like a quick joke because then they say, but then the women's softball team showed up and finished the job. Yep. Fucked up. 
So it's pretty fucked up. They stoned a dude to death because he came out as straight. I get it. That's just, this has happened before to homosexual people. It'll probably happen again, unfortunately. I get it. Trip in the rift. The thing is, to just shove our uh, collective wrongs in your face, I don't think it does as much as saying, here's all the wrongs, but because this is a fictional world where things can be better, here's a thing that could go right at the end. Even if it's because of all these idiots who screwed up along the way and it just happened to work out this way through no fault or, or um, you know, benefit from them, like you said, they could have actually spun it around and, and done something nice with it. But nope, that's not the kind of show this is. So if you're looking for like a nice ending or anything not offensive or controversial, it's not going to be here. <sighs> I did like the guillotine though. That was, I mean, it's it's a it funny, was stupid. It's, it's a like, funny, it's a funny pun and play on word. Yeah, like because it means nothing. It's just kind of like everything in this planet has to be gay. So even the guillotine or the oh, guillotine. Has to be gay. <laughs> oh, uh, anything else from this one? No, that's it. All right. Hey, what's the time for? We sometimes have our own opinions about these shows. Hey, guess what, Internet? You also have <laughs> some, some very, very distinct opinions. And so uh, tonight, uh, we're now going to hand the show over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, uh, for this week's Love It or Hate It. So, Bobby, take it away. Filthy. I love it. Eight out of ten stars. Written by Paul Clough, Bjorks Yorga, from Davenport, Iowa. May 29th, 2006. I can't believe how nasty this show is. I must admit that I have only seen the DVDs, which I believe are unrated, but the filth and the nonstop innuendos are enough to make a seasoned South Park fan blush. This is a must-see for any fan of the adult humor cartoons, such as South Park, Oblongs, Drawn Together, and anything on Adult Swim. The characters are all very easily defined, but also hilarious. To Nook, the big fat bitch is always on the lookout for love. The captain wants sex and money. Six simply wants to be respected and not used for sex, although she basically does nothing but, and her gigantic breasts are always on display. And Gus wants people to think he's straight, as well as get some attention. Definitely a show you are going to want to watch. It doesn't understand humor. One out of ten stars. Author, Roman Jones from the Czech Republic, July 22nd, 2016. Humor is a difficult thing to master. You can have a joke and tell it in such a way that it either makes the listener pee their pants with laughter, wince in discomfort, or sigh in apathy. All the same joke, just different ways of telling it. Something very simple can ruin a joke. Poor timing. Not knowing that the word porn is not a punchline to everything and shouldn't be treated as such. That falling off a small ledge isn't funny without proper setup. That simply announcing you're gay isn't funny without some kind of context, and so forth. Some people don't understand that there is an entire art to comedy. Louis C.K. can tell a story about getting a hand job, and it's hilarious. Dane Cook did the same thing, and it's lame. Andy Kaufman ate a bowl of ice cream, and it was brilliant. Tom Green ate a bowl of cereal, and no one cared. Tripping the Rift wants to do shot comedy, but it doesn't understand the first thing about comedy. It's the Dane Cook and Tom Green of CG animated shows.
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Bobby. We hope you guys out there in listener land uh, enjoyed that. Now it's back to us regular chuckleheads. Sean, buddy, Tripping the Rift, do you recommend it? If not, does it get the dip? Which means that it's erased from uh, existence for all time. <laughs> I'm so, so ready to, to jump on to this, throw that too. You are super ready. I know. I, uh, I do not recommend this show, and I am dipping it. Holy shit. That was a yeah. fast dip. Yeah. I, uh, I, I feel that this show did nothing to ingratiate me in terms of its sense of humor. I feel that it played off of really cheap stereotypes, recycled jokes. And there was so much that was in it that had the opportunity to have, it's already making commentary, you know, in 2014 about how we understand and talk about God, how we understand and how we talk about uh, stuff regarding uh, homosexuality. And it at no point talked anything about any type of tolerance, about any type of understanding. I mean, as, as we've mentioned, these episodes, one started or one ended with God saying sucker as he killed the two main characters. And the other one ends with what well, has whip with an ice pack on his crotch oh, to yeah. show that he's been masturbating too much uh, in their absence. And it ends with a gay person being stoned to death. And so well, technically uh, a straight person, but well, a stra- okay. Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, straight curious. Yeah. And so we, we have somebody being stoned to death in this show and, uh, and again, I, I hate to say it, but if you're going to write jokes like this and you're going to do something, you better be fucking funny. And this show, you know, other than the guillotine and maybe like one other, you know, and some of the imagery that we had when we traveled in the, the space time with the mouth, there wasn't very much for me to identify or be interested in other than the fact that this show was trying to be, if this show had been cheeky and a little bit pervy i would have gotten it but it was so overt that at the end of it i didn't care about the sexuality of any of these characters i did not give a single fuck i think we're split on this one so this is gonna be a split dip Uh, i'm not gonna dip it and i'm i'm gonna actually recommend it for a strange reason sure not because it's particularly funny not because it's particularly like sexy or entertaining in that way the fact that we've had such like a, a, a rowdy conversation is rare on this show. Uh, 170 some odd episodes in. It's rare that we actually get to talk about something of like substance other than just like, wow, that animation was terrible or that guy's knees bend backwards or something weird. It's rare that we actually have to talk about that. So I actually applaud. Okay. Ugh, that might be the wrong word. This show for at least just going for it and being controversial and offensive. I think that there's a place in art for things like that. And most of the time people don't like them and I think that's by design. It's fascinating to me that enough people quote unquote liked this uh, to keep it around for three seasons. I can understand why maybe the sci-fi channel was like, "Uh, I don't think that this is for us. So Canada, you can hold on to this one for a while. Yeah. But as far as like being bold enough and brave enough and just sometimes ignorant enough to approach some of these topics and do it in the way that they did it, I don't think it was necessarily admirable, but I think it's an important it's an important thing to watch if it'll raise questions in either your own outlook on the world. Uh, if you find yourself just like laughing at everything that happens in this show and not questioning anything, that's probably a red flag. Um, yeah. Maybe you should talk with friends or whatever, or like get together and watch this, or listen to this show and be like, here's things that are wrong and things that should not actually be funny. It's interesting. I don't know if this show is sophisticated enough to kind of achieve this. But there are sometimes, look at Rick and Morty, look at BoJack Horseman, who are pitched as, you know, 
animated comedy series. However, not everything, honestly, not most things that happen in that show are meant for laughs. They're meant to kind of like get you to reflect back on yourself, to look at these characters and to be like, the fuck is wrong with these people? Like something is seriously screwed up here. We need to like stop and talk about this for a second. I don't know if Tripping the Rift is at that same level of sophistication yet, uh, or, or when it was on the air, but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that maybe that's what they were trying to do. So if this sparks conversations or gets you to think in a different way, then I think it's worth it. So it's, okay. a, it's a tinted recommendation. Oh, fair enough. From Professor Dave. Oh, I really do feel <laughs> like for this discussion, we probably could have written a dissertation. Yeah. I have a monocle on. I'm just going to say the word just a position. Did oh I say it right? You, no, you said just a position. Just a position. Juxtaposition. Oh, oh damn my. it. Mm. <laughs> damn, that's so cool. Oh, man. That PhD remains ever elusive. <laughs> All right, just buddy. right out of grass. Just the position. Uh, <laughs> man, we are three quarters of the way through Canada month. It's been a rough ride. Oh, boy. <laughs> we got one more. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but in the meantime, what are you up to out there? And uh, what can you let the listeners know about? Hey, guys. As always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform for Washington Improv Theater. You can find out tickets and times with dc.org. And I'm always on the chirps and the grams at Sean Paul Ellis. Dave's shaking his head real hard because mm. I'm saying chirps, chirps and grams. Instead, of the, instead of the grams, instead of the honey grams. Oh, those golden honey. grams. Ooh, I teddy want, grams. I want yeah, teddy, teddy grams. grams would be, I want them now. Them Damn it. What were the cinnamon ones? Cinnamon teddy grams? Yeah. yeah. And they're just cinnamon good. grams. Yeah. Chocolate one's not great. Chocolate one's not great. I also didn't mind just like the regular honey ones. Those guys were honey still ones good. were good. Yeah. Do you remember the fact that they had their hands down and then their hands up? Like it was like weird they YMCA. Did. They yeah. did. They were always really good. We have been talking so much on this show about food lately. <laughs> we talk a lot about food, and now I'm thinking about Dunkaroos. So if you guys, oh out my there, god, <laughs> if you guys out there prefer Dunkaroos or Teddy Grahams, you let us know. But in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also check out my handiwork on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. For more on this particular show right here, we would love it if you'd head to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's Morning with a U. Facebook listeners, Morning with a U. You listen up. <laughs> anyway, check out our Patreon page. You can also head on over to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Um, check us out on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Take a look at Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook, even if it's to tell us about presumed spelling errors. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, feel free to reach out to us, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this week, but we've got one more Canadian cartoon coming up. It's going to be great. I hope. I really need a win here. <sighs> I, I do too. Help me, like Canada. We, this, is, this has been like a Transformers month for me. This is, yeah. this is tough. I always do it to you, so I always feel guilty at the it's end. I right. need a northern prayer here. <laughs> Let's bring it on home, Mounties. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Mounties. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.